Geek Card presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Hey, Andrew, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, why? Why do you ask? There's something wrong with your eyes. They just turned purple. What? Oh, my God. No. No! I had so much to live for. Well, if there's one thing I want to do before I die, let's host another episode of Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. Welcome to the show. And this week it is a very special episode because we have a guest coming to the program to talk about a new anthology series that is coming to Kickstarter. When you're listening to this, the Kickstarter campaign will already be happening. And uh, it is an interesting idea for a anthology series. And we definitely wanted to talk to the person who's putting that together. Welcome to the program, Philip Myra. Hi. Thanks for having me, Petula and Andrew. Well, thanks for coming on, Philip. So, of course, the campaign for the anthology, the anthology is called Purple Eyes. Why don't you tell our listeners what Purple Eyes is all about? Sure. So 73 minutes before you die, your eyes turn a vibrant purple and there's zero decisions you can make to reverse this. You're dead no matter what. So you have about an hour and a half left to live. The example that I always use is you're going to go meet some friends at the bar. You hop in the shower, you come out and your eyes are purple. And so you're like, well, I'm not going to drive. If I go drive to the bar and meet my friends, I'm going to get in a car crash or something terrible is going to happen at the bar. Uh, Instead, you just stay at home. The anxiety builds up on you. And then you have an undiagnosed brain aneurysm burst in your skull and you die alone. So yeah, I should probably come up with a more positive way to do um, but the idea you're talking that, about death, though. So it's like already, you know, it's kind of hard to put a positive spin on that. <laughs> but that's the fun thing. Um, not fun thing. But so the anthology has 18 stories from artists and creators from all over the globe. I think less than half of them are North Americans between USA and Canada. But yeah, there's just so many ideas from all across the world. And there are there are three solid comedy stories within this and i say that like genuinely comedic there was 185 pitches that were sent in and the top 18 were chosen so the ones that were comedic i was laughing out loud at my computer while i was reading them and they're they're, they're gonna be they got some punchlines, and you can just tell tell by the art style and the artists that are highly talented <laughs> that they'll be good but there are some heartache ones you know a couple loved ones dying in each other's arms type of stories a couple with some pretty good twist endings that can be seen as comedic i suppose depending on like your you know your dark sense of humor but uh yeah we're all i mean we're just super excited we've been we've been doing a lot of pre-production on it for about a month and a half doing various zoom meetings to meet up uh but one one thing that we thought that the, all the creative teams thought would be wonderful is that because in this purpleized world and i should say it's if if you if everyone listening is kind of familiar with like the leftovers as far as the concept of this was our world and then an event happens type of thing so it wasn't like purple eyes was from like ancient mesopotamia and stuff like this like it wasn't been since early parts of human history so this is roughly our lives now and then this thing happens this little extra more upfront uh, reminder of mortality but since right, we kind wanted, of like you're just moseying along and everything's fine and then suddenly a global pandemic hits the entire world yeah it's <laughs> weird it wasn't it's not a metaphor for that but it's yeah. 
<laughs> it's weird how these things line up, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had I had more time to think about things, so maybe it was <laughs> something in the back of my mind. But yeah, the the creators and I, uh, because it's such a world, we wanted to link as much of these stories as possible. So use settings, use like bands and proper nouns, just scattered apart all the stories. Like the, the example that we've been trying to mill about is like the main intact or not the main text, the main protagonist of uh, the the second story is like the sibling of the seventh story. And there's like a background character that pops in in some of the stories. So there's like kind of Easter eggs, but just it's filling the world the more and it encourages the readers to go back and see what we put in. Right now we're, we're kind of figuring out the best way to do it. The back cover will have something that ties in to each individual story will be represented in the back cover. So then that'll give the reader even more incentive to be like, kind of connect the dots and see kind of what the creators and I have been trying to give back to the reader to, cause we know, you know, comics are kind of quick to read. So we want to give more incentive to read back and try to like, you know, make it as full as possible. Totally. Yeah. Now, of course, this story, this whole idea for the anthology branched out from an original story that you and Sean Dicker and Justin Birch put together, correct? Correct. Yeah. Just uh, Sean Dicker is a a talented young artist. He's still, you know, rising in his career. And Justin Birch is, uh, I don't want to say grizzled veteran, but he's been, he's been a letterer for a number of years, Ringo Award winner, uh, or not I can't remember if he won the Ringo or if he was nominated, but I mean, you go to the comic shop and his name's in a lot of books every single week. There you go. So what was the original impetus for coming up with this idea? Because again, it's a concept that you can tell infinite stories with. So what was the the impetus for the creation of this this idea? It was a kind of slam of two different ideas. A lot of my short stories have to do with mortality and us facing mortality and the realization of it or us lying about it to ourselves and to others that mortality exists. So this was just a kind of another another story within the happy stories of Philip Myra's brain. And uh, I don't know, I just woke up one day and I thought, would it be interesting if it was a more visible like a a universal visible representation of death or imminence of death. And so I thought about eyes. I'm trying to think because the eyes are the windows of the soul. And then I just tried, I don't know why, but like purple just seemed to, to make sense to me. And then when I did the research and saw that was a non-natural eye color or iris color, just kind of made sense. It was more imminent. And then uh, I was like, well, what would be little to no time to do anything with the remainder of your life? Uh, so 73 minutes was just arbitrarily chosen. There's, There's hardly any movies that are that length anymore. Exactly. You can't, <laughs> you can't even watch a whole movie. Yeah. 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 You can probably watch a couple of cartoons. That's about it. That's about it. Definitely. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, the stories that you had in your previous collection, Crackle, I yeah. thought, oh, like, it'll probably be more cheerful if that's what the premise. Nope. It's a lot of death, Uh, (laughs) but sort of not as, you know, just one view of death, but different stories. Actually, one of my favorite was the one where the mother kind of tricked her uh, children into getting together to just dig up a letter basically uh, after she passed. And just looking at how you approach people approaching the afterlife 
it's reminding me of a lot of uh, our recent favorites. Like Andrew and I really loved Silver Coin last year when that came out. I'm not going to say we love death. But that's often when you see people getting towards a, an inevitable moment, they do things either that they would have never done before or really lean into who they are. So uh, I was wondering for somebody who maybe doesn't even notice that their eyes have changed and maybe just somebody tells like a minute before, like, what would you hope that you'd been doing if somebody tells you at like minute 172, <laughs> by the okay. way, your eyes are purple. Yeah, that's so, a good question. I mean, for me, I would just hope I'd be with my wife and just hold her and tell her how much I love her. If I just have one minute left to live. And if not, if I'm not physically in proximity, it would be that through a phone call. But yeah, I mean, that's probably what I do with all 73 minutes left to live is probably just tell my wife how much I love her and uh, talk, you know, just let my immediate family and some of my friends know. That's, that's the thing. It's, you know, it's not enough time. That's kind of why I chose chose that uh, limitation. Even if I or anyone else was across town, you're still going to, I guess, waste 10, 15 minutes just for transportation or, tra- you know, it, it's not enough time. And part of the world that we're building in is people have purple lists instead of, you know, bucket lists. And you just realize that it's, you can fill it with, like, with anything with bucket lists, like you can fill it up. But in reality, you only have so much time, but also you have to pursue it. And it's kind of, uh, I don't know, like a farce, I don't know, with the purple eyes, the purple list that we kind of explore in some of the stories. Because, I mean, you want to have these grandiose things that A, fill you with happiness and with your last moments and B, pass on type some type of legacy to say, you know, I was here, I was alive. But, you know, you could you could do those things now you don't have to have this you know impetus this inciting incident in your life and i think that's kind of why i I enjoy uh like morality tales or mortality tales i should say because it is reflection of like you, you can pursue the things you wish to pursue in you know today tomorrow but all it just takes is that initial step whether it be just looking for cooking class within the, the area and just trying to le- learn how to eat better or you know it's getting nice out if you want well it gets it's getting nice out in certain parts of the the world uh right now it's pretty cold here in chicago but it'll, it'll get nice soon but like you know if, if you want to want to explore more and just get a bike and just go on some place like facebook marketplace and get a bike like these stories should help inspire in 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 various ways as as far as self reflection goes, but also inspirational. Just like yeah, maybe I maybe I'll just try something else that I've been wanting to try out. Yeah, yeah. totally. It's uh, still pretty cold up here in Toronto as well, but uh, yeah. yeah, it is it is going to get warmer. <laughs> I barbecued in the snow on Monday last Monday. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> really had a hankering for burgers. Really dug my heels in, and then it started snowing, and I barbecued with like my hood up a little snifter of bourbon just feeling as canadian as, as i've ever felt yeah really. yeah yeah there you go. Oh, man. but uh, the thing that i find interesting about the idea is that it's not like hemmed in towards just medical like your eyes turn purple but as like in the example you give is that you know, the person's thinking about when he goes to the bar, they might get into a car accident or they might get stabbed during a mugging. So it's almost like the purple eyes are a premonition 
that just shows you that within 73 minutes, you're going to die almost like a curse, as opposed to it being like some sort of medical condition. Was that a conscious decision to be like, hey, I want to make it so you can tell any kind of story? Yeah, I didn't realize at the time, but many people have told me this was basically a writing prompt. And and that's kind of rare in comics. Usually it's it's based off of like a character or different types of public domain type things. But this was like a legit, you know, create a story based off this writing prompt. But yeah, as far as like the openness of having a story, I think I made it so, well, when I completed the story, that's when I realized I could tell more stories in this and I can go in any different direction. But then from completing it with, like I said, the amazing Sean Dicker and Justin Birch, when the final story was completed, I thought, you know, this this is a world. There are things that could be happening in different parts. And the story, yeah, when, when I was sending out pitch or when I was requesting pitches, I put like, you know, give it could be a humor story. It could be a musical if you really want to. It can be anything. But yeah, the fl- the flexibility of uh, it's similar to kind of like S- Silver Coin, the, the few issues that I've read. It's like the Silver Coin's kind of like what, like a MacGuffin, I guess you can say. Like everything circles around it and it does get expanded upon. But really it's, you know, to char- they're character-driven stories. Like the, the stuff, the choices the characters make and the world that's around them. And then all the... Sorry, if you can kind of, I'm not sure if my mic picked it up. My my dog is stretching on his bed. <laughs> and he's giving a big deep sigh. You getting bored about this? <laughs> but, What's the dog's name? Uh, Bowie. He has uh, he has a blue eye and a brown as, eye, like okay, David Bowie. Dave. Okay, I was like David or knife, but yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> he sleeps oh. for a good 18 hours, so we're in that 18 hour window. <laughs> exactly it sounds like he's living the good life there he's getting a little annoyed like you guys are talking about comics i'm trying to sleep over here jeez the premise also reminds me of one of my favorite japanese films called afterlife i don't know what the name is or what Mm. happened or how to pronounce it. Um, and the premise is when you die, you go to this sort of uh, way station. There's counselors there that help you recreate your best memory from your life. Like you have a week to think of one and you even sort of pitch ideas to them and they kind of talk you out of the more basic B ones, like the first time you had relations with someone or whatever, and help you kind of think of something meaningful. You recreate the memory, you go watch it in a theater. And then at the end of the screening of your memory, you're gone. That's awesome. And your premise and then also kind of going to Crackle, like really brought, I'm obviously going to watch it again now. I don't even know where I could find it. It's not like an easily streamable. I'll try to send you a link after. It's uh, the kind of thing that I'd like to think that in those last minutes after my eyes turn purple, I would do something that would be worth making that last memory. Yeah. I mean, that's another focus. I mean, you brought up old cookies from Crackle with the story of the the mother that kind of does a treasure hunt with his with their two sons on the day of her funeral. A lot of my stories has to do with mortality, but also legacy and like the choices and the things we leave on either you know, one month down the line or, or to our children or to our children's children. And on the inverse side, what was passed down to us from from the people that came before us and the choices that were made 10 plus years ago or the, or the family members? Yeah, that, I mean, I, I don't know a better word to call it, but like I just call it like drama. Like that just it just seems like this drama just has, I guess, a, a bad connotation. It just seems like reality TV of people just yelling at each other. But I always just thought drama 
is the choices that we make and the outcome of those choices, whether it be negative or positive, and the choices that other people make that have outcomes, either negative or positive. And yeah, I always try to tell stories and those are the stories that I always or gravitate toward if they can have a somewhat supernatural element or an otherworldly type of layer to it, then so much better because they're stories, the more abstract. So well, I don't say the more abstract, the better, but I mean, we're all, you know, we're all storytellers and, and we're all avid readers and watchers, you know, watchers of film and TV. You know, if, if you're, if you're going to do fiction, if you're going to do something fictitious, I should say, versus nonfiction. Let's see how far you can play around with the rules and expand the boundaries and really create something special. So that's what I'd like to say. That's what the artists and I are, are, are trying to do. And like, it's, we've been trying, not trying, but we've been meeting up for you know about a month and a half and just trying to make this the best book possible. And, and yeah, we're just going to keep meeting couple times a month until the the book's ready to be sent to the printer. Everyone's given it their all. And I'm really, really proud of this. Uh, I mean, more importantly, I should say with 185 pitches, there was so many, so many like stories and ideas and creators that I had to say no to. And it was, uh, it, it was tough. It was one of the toughest things that I've done as a creator. And, you know, I, I want to, if possible, I would like to do a volume two in early 2020. What, what are we now? Uh, this year plus one. So 2023. <laughs> yeah, that's probably time is weird right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's still, we're still not back on our, our proper clocks. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. I think it's going to be a long time till we know exactly where we are and when we are in this. I world. used paper money the other day, like some time traveler from the before time. And I felt so weird. Yeah. That is interesting. I feel like everyone's trying to see what the stories that are being brought from like the COVID times, like what are the stories that, that storytellers are making, whether it be filmmakers or TV or art authors or comic book people. I wonder if there will be more time travel stories because people are just like, I want those years back. Yeah. So I'm just going to do more time travel stuff. Oh, I think about time travel every day. That's the sad part. That's that's a man with regrets who thinks about time travel every day. But anyways. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I know that if I was a character in a story, you give me 73 minutes, I'll be like, well, I really the entire 73 minutes would be filled with regrets. So hopefully I can change that in the future. But what I really like hearing from you is about these. Uh, so you've been meeting up with the other creators, having these conversations and what I've noticed with indie comics for years is that it's kind of a great way f- to create a community. Community in indie comics is so strong, so many collaborators, so many people. So doing these anthologies and stuff is kind of your way of giving back to that community, correct? Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to, to phrase it. I mean, yeah, indie comics is a huge community. I, I've been... L- lucky uh to meet just a lot of like with all the conventions going down there was a couple of friends that I'd, I'd see at conventions and now that when the pandemic started really riling up then we started just doing weekly meetings virtually so now I'm, i was chatting with all the and then like their friends we i just started chatting with different people from all of the uh well mostly all over north america um just because of time zones and, you know, I, I built that, you know, we all built that community and now I have 
friends all across North America that if any of us are needing a place to stay, if we're tabling at a show now, we can, you know, that we have a, a place to stay and same thing inverse because, you know, I'm in a major city, Chicago. But yeah, I mean, that just keeps expanding. And, and as far as anthologies go, yeah, it is the way to give back. Like my last anthology in Crackle Volume 3, it was two creators first time seeing their work in print. One was primarily doing digital and one was early in their career. And I didn't know either of those facts until they received it and they posted it on social media, just saying, hey, this is the first time seeing my work in print, which is pretty exciting. I didn't know that and kind of back to back in 24 hours, they posted about it. And this current one, we have 33 creators, including myself, as mentioned, 18 stories. I'm slowly starting to learn which ones, how much, I guess, I should say how much of this is a big deal, but like how much creators are, are that early in their career because they're highly talented and the portfolios that they submitted I don't know if, if they were personal work or if they were professional work or whatever, or indie comics that, you know, semi-professional self-published. But yeah, there's, there's two creators that I can, that off the top of my head that this is like their first major work or like this would be like same, similar enough first published work, I guess, both, di both digitally and physically. So, I mean, it is really exciting that you're pushing, you know, not pushing, but like you're, you're extending the ladder down, right? You're, you're, ex you're helping out those that you were in in roughly the same position maybe even a year ago or two years ago and that's that is the community that is uh indie comics I, I see it all the time like in my main platform of communication is twitter and all the time someone's like i need a letterer or a caller says like i need a flatter and we all just retweet or message or you know tag friends that might be interested because we're you know we all want to create we all want we all want to see the cool things that all of us are you know popping out of our head and putting it on the page but yeah i mean i that's that i love i just love indie comics i love self-publishing you know I'm, I'm i hope to create at least an anthology at least a year once a year i've, I've i'm four for four oh i will be four for four with this one so well, that's fantastic, man. Well, I look forward to people getting to check this out. Um, I just looked at the clock. I've only got about 30 minutes left of my life. So uh, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna wrap this up here. 30 or 40 minutes I got left here. So uh, I want to thank you for coming on. Of course, people can go to Kickstarter, look up Purple Eyes, look up Philip Myra. Philip, where can people find you online? So as mentioned, uh, Twitter's my main place to hang because it's just easier to post links and you know share share friends works so my name is philip p-h-i-l-l-i-p and myra which is kind of a weird fake italian name m-a-i-r-a -A. it was changed when my my father came from sicily so it, it's really maida with the d but it was switched to an r so but yeah so it's mostly twitter instagram purpleizecomic.com We'll shoot you straight to the Kickstarter. Super excited. We got specific commissions. If you want to get something for a nice year-end gift, uh, whatever your holiday is, whether it be Christmas or Hanukkah, we have private commissions. You know, draw yourself into the story. The artist had a really neat idea where the commissions will be black and white, but the only color would be purple. So the idea mm. is it'd be the Green Goblin, but it'd be the vibrant purple outfits, the only thing that gets colored. And that was a really neat idea 
Uh, but yeah, digital, physical, all the usual stuff. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really looking forward to it. As I said, great concept and uh, really love to see what stories get produced there from you and the other creators involved. Uh, we've come to the end of this episode of Back Issue Bloodbath. Petula, where can people find you? On Twitter at Obesakantavit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-A-T, at Inatip.com, and here with you. And of course, you can find everything I do over at geekardshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at Geekard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post the new episode every week. But the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe on any of the podcasting platforms that you enjoy, be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And please, while you're there, please leave a five-star rating review. It would help with the analytics. More people that find out about us is a good thing. You want to be in the, the in crowd. You don't want to be the outsider. Outsider for everything else, but this specifically in crowd. That's what I say. But yeah, so definitely check it out. And of course, uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash geekard. This has been another episode of Backstreet Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Petunio. Have yourself a good.